it was just that simple manner of me not being focused and not being prepared to face these kind of situations during my personal crisis that I got kicked out of the unit. And that's why I say that sounds like you will not rise to the occasion. You will fall to your lowest level of training. You're listening to the Ecom Exits podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to the Ecom Exit Show with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Here today, joined by my friend, Itamar Marani, really special guest. This guy is honestly one of the most impressive people that I've had the pleasure of, of meeting and, and connecting with. Itamar is a, was a federal agent for half a decade, ex-Israeli special forces, counterterrorism units, also a BJJ black belt, which is uh, incredibly impressive. Now he helps entrepreneurs create mission clarity and lead their teams to victory at Marani Consulting, which now uh, more than ever is, is incredibly important. And yeah, so really excited to have him on the show to dive into crisis management, how to manage yourself, how to manage your team so we all can, can make it through this. Itamar, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nate. Appreciate it. As a quick aside, I know I've been doing some of these business crisis management planning things over the last few weeks, and I've actually pulled content that I've learned from you in your presentations, you know, specifically some of the things about we don't rise to the occasion, we fall to the level of preparedness. So can you kind of explain like, what does that mean? And, and in this context, why now more than ever is that so important? The saying is like, we do not rise to the occasion, we will fall to our lowest level of training. And here's the thing, in real time, when you're in a chaotic or stressful situation, which a lot of times now in business, it is what it is because of the crisis, you cannot expect to make great decisions and produce great outcomes if you're trying to figure things out on the spot. If you just hope that you will rise to the occasion and you will become that awesome leader who can just think of things on the fly. The reality of it, when you have a lot of detrimental factors playing in, things like stress, things like stress at home, people bugging you, not having uncertainty, whatever it may be, your decision-making process is going to be impaired. That's why you have to prepare. And that's the reason also people create contingency plans so that when shit hits the fan and they might get emotionally involved, they have a very clear and well-cut-out plan that they can execute on. I mean, I think that's very important and agree completely. And so like, what do we do? <laughs> It's a good question. Taking even a step back from that, because this is already go time for a lot of business owners, what you really need to do is you have to make a decision not to get sucked into this. It's like the people who are going to win or the people who can stay calm. Forget for a second about tactics and methods and all that. It's like if you do not have a calm head on your shoulders, you're not going to be able to employ those tactics well. So the first thing you have to do is honestly like take a step back, realize that if you're feeling a little bit panic and stressed, that's fine because everyone is. So if you can take a step back and decide that you're going to stay calm and you're going to figure this thing out, that's the first step. The second step is once you're calm and you're not emotional anymore, then you go about making emotionless, logic-driven decisions. If you can do that, you're going to be ahead of the game. Okay, so stay calm. Realize that this is something that, that everyone's going through. 
And then in terms of doing that contingency planning, you know, what do you recommend to people or, you know, how should people approach the contingency planning so that, you know, whatever happens, they're not going to be emotional about it. So a big thing is that contingency planning is a very complex thing, but one important aspect of it that I think a lot of people miss out is what we define as triggers. Triggers are certain events that if they happen, then you have to go to this plan. So let's say, for example, a really hard thing is letting employees go. And a lot of people have already done this in the crisis. Now, because it's a very hard thing to do and emotionally, you're going to want to run away from it. You're simply going to run away from it if you can't. So you're always going to be able to make some excuse in your head. No, but this is different. This is different. We can kind of work this out because at that moment, when it's a hard spot to let go of somebody you might care about, you're going to try to find an easier way out. But if you have a very clear cut trigger that says, if revenue drops to this level, or if we lose these amount of clients, then this has to happen. Then you can't bullshit on the spot. It puts you in a very clear and tangible, this happened. So we have to do this. And I think that's really one of the biggest aspects of these contingency plans at these times. They mitigate your ability to make false emotionally driven decisions because there's very clear cut triggers. I love that. And that's stuff that I've been also working on, you know, getting in place and implementing for my businesses. And for, for context, you know, I'm doing now like contingency planning with my business partners for like four different businesses. And there are different hard questions that we need to address and had a, a quarterly planning meeting earlier this week with one of my partners. And a lot of the topic was what to do with the team. That business had been growing really well and staffed up to, you know, anticipating future growth, which now, I mean, it's unclear. So much stuff is paused now needing to be even more on top of our budgets and our financials, you know, get these rules in place where it's like, okay, things are fine for now, but what if this happens in April? Because who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, getting these things in place to be like, all right, these are three moves that we can and will make now. And what's this going to look like if things start to go in the wrong direction? Having that clear set path determined before you actually have to make that decision, I think is, is incredibly necessary. And so I know you've been doing a ton of content, really generously sharing your experience and your methods and, you know, interacting with a lot of entrepreneurs these days. What are you kind of seeing out from all of, you know, content and inter interactions and I'm sure calls that you've been doing? You know, how are people generally handling this? So in general, most entrepreneurs are seeing the challenge in this and not seeing the opportunity. That's the truth. A lot of them are cooped up in their homes right now. Business is going haywire. And they're just looking at their own situation. And this is, again, what I refer to as saying, like, you're special, but you're not special. What starts to change with them is once they realize that if they're going through this, everybody else is going through this. And yes, the pie in general might have shrunken a little bit because of this ongoing recession, this upcoming recession. But the opportunities are so much more abundant now because so many people are caving in. That's what I've seen, honestly. A lot of people are just not taking this as an opportunity. They're only seeing their own challenge. But if you're aware that everybody's being challenged right now, there's an opportunity there. So realizing that you're not doing this alone or you're not the only one, you know, yeah, going through this, how can entrepreneurs then take that knowledge to move forward in the right direction? So think about it this way. It's like motivation is a big issue right now with people because they're frantic and they're not focused. Like how motivated would you be if I told you five months ago, listen, all your competition is going to be checking their phones all the time. They're going to be worried about their community. 
they're going to be stressed out. They're going to be cooped up in their homes. How easy would it be for you to win? Be like, wow, that'd be, that'd be amazing. And be like, hmm. okay, if then you were that motivated, would you focus and stop? And like you said, an opportunity here to win. Would you shut everything else out and just go laser focused in on your business to win? Of course, because it's such a great opportunity. And that's what it is. Like see that and then decide. It all comes down to making a conscious decision on a daily basis that this is an opportunity and you're going to go laser focused. Like these are the times that you have to be disciplined. You have to shut all the news out, all the nonsense that doesn't help you. There is a great opportunity here. And whoever is more disciplined to seize that will win. I love that. And I agree. And it's, it's crazy. You know, we're all going through a crazy time. And like you said, I think the ones that are able to like create some distance between themselves and these knee jerk reactions are getting stuck into these unproductive cycles. The ones that are able to break from that are the ones that can win and, you know, make the the positive progress forward through this. And so are there some kind of specific tactics or strategies or like what, what are some things that people can or should be doing either on a daily basis or with their business to allow them to come out of this and be in a position where they can win? So I'll put it like this. And I think I'm answering your question in a bit of a different way, but I really think the mindset is going to be key here. You're going to have probably smarter people on this podcast than me with specific tangible tactics for e-com. But I think the people who have their mind on the correct way are going to win. And I think you need to recognize the space that you're in, whether you're in self-isolation or whatever it may be. You need to find a way to overcome that, to mitigate it, whether it's by making sure you do exercise every morning, making sure that you don't check the news, making sure that you have structure in your, in your work day, that you're working from X hours to X hours and you're not allowed to check your phone in the meantime. If you can get your mind right, everything else will fall into place. Mindset is 75% of the battle. Like whoever can stay calm here, then apply tactics correctly will win. But if you can't stay calm and focused, it doesn't matter how much you know. Your mind's going to be frantic and you're not gonna be able to focus. Right. So as much of an effort as possible to do that. What are you doing personally these days to be able to stay focused, stay calm, and stay healthy? My morning routine is as follows. I wake up, I read a page of the Daily Stoic because I like that thought methodology. I work out hard for 50 minutes. I have breakfast. I write down my tasks for the day, my top three priorities. I schedule my day. I check my phone to see if there's any updates on the emails or whatever it may be. And then I go about doing my business. Only after I have that and I have it set, do I allow like any other distractions. I, I don't open news on it. I don't remember the last day I opened news. I have enough other inputs that I can tell if something's important or not. I have too much to focus on right now within my own little world, like my business, my clients. Reading about what's going on in the United States when I'm currently in Asia and what Trump is doing or not, it's irrelevant. And it just takes time away. So I do that. And in the evening, I do a debrief of every day. So in the evening, I ask myself, what could I have done better here? What worked? What didn't work? Where did I stray in my discipline? And is this something that I want to do again? I, I like that. And, and, and a couple things to, to comment and then have some follow-up questions. But, but yeah, I've, uh, this is maybe, um, maybe like four or five months ago now, I started at, so I've, I've always for, for, I don't know, years, had a pretty good morning routine, sleep with my phone off, you know, meditate, uh, do some gratitude in the morning and then, you know, switch on my phone after that. And this is, you know, maybe four or five months ago, uh, doing like a, a little debrief at the end of the day and at the end of the day, highlighting wins as well as having one lesson or like opportunity. And so, so a lot of times the, the lesson 
is something that like, you know, noticing things that I could or want to do better and, you know, framing it as like, okay, well, like, I'm not the kind of person that, uh, like, I'm not the kind of person that wastes 30 minutes after turning my phone on reading, you know, WhatsApp and Twitter, (laughs) uh, or like whatever bad habit you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be doing, but yeah, that's been actually incredibly, really positively impactful for me. And just having like at the bookends, the beginning of the day, looking forward to the day and at the end of the day, you know, recap and review. Yeah. I I found to be really, really positive. And especially in, you know, times like this to just like, yeah, be intentional and noticing, you know, what's, what you're doing and and how you can improve. So the thing that I've found extremely beneficial is to not to say this is not what I want to be doing, but to redirect it towards a more positive action. So if I wake up and I feel a desire to open up Twitter or WhatsApp or whatever it may be, then I will actually go work out because I know that at the end of the day, I will be proud of myself and more happy with my productivity if I do that. And it gives me a very clear indicator that then when I wake up the next day and I have this desire, I'm like, oh, wait, I remember that I planned for this, that if this comes up, then I'll do that because I'm focused on my outcomes. Well, uh, I like that. And that's powerful. And, you know, kind of tying into the same sort of contingency planning that we, you know, we've been talking about of like, there you go. That's one. Like if I wake up and I catch myself going down some unnecessary rabbit holes, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go work out. And, and, yeah. and so that was actually the, the next question that I wanted to ask you is like, how, I mean, what are you doing for exercise these days when you say like work out hard? I mean, I'm guessing you're, you're also mostly confined to the home or, or yeah, like what, what does that look like for you? For me, it's Tabata workouts now with uh, improvised kettlebells. So I have uh, 10 liter water jugs. I use them as my kettlebells. So I have some rings. And up until two days ago, I was also able to go swim in the afternoons because I live right next to the beach here. Mm. Um, so it was it's a long, hard Tabata workout in the morning with like a lot of mobility, body weight, kettlebells, just to make sure I explore all ranges of motions. And then in the afternoon, I'd go swimming for about an hour. Mm. Yeah. What, um, yeah. What, what, what's Tabata? I'm not sure if I'm... Um... So, okay. My apologies. Tabata is a workout system where it's basically a high intensity. It's 20 seconds on where you do an exercise and then 10 seconds rest. And you just cycle and cycle and cycle and cycle. So good exercise for that are like kettlebell swings, snatches, push-ups, burpees, all that good basic stuff. And then on top of that, I'll do some strength work with rings. Okay, nice. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds good. I think like, I mean, the high intensity stuff is really good for these times or if you're, you know, confined to a room. And that's also a good idea about rings. I, uh, I I bought a pull-up bar, which has been great, but, but yeah, but I think, um, adding rings to the mix, which I'll see, I mean, thankfully can still like order stuff online, although all the stores are closed. I think it's really important. I think it's like, especially these times, if you were someone who was active beforehand, you'd like doing certain sports or activities, like your body's used to revving at a certain level, certain like activity output. And mm-hmm. if you don't find a way to vent that, it's, you're going to feel a bit itchy, a bit stressed because again, you're just not able to like get that out of there. It's been massive in the morning to like flush that testosterone out so mm-hmm. I can be more calm the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, so, so important, you know, for me, I've um, still been able to do at least, so I'm, I'm in Thailand. We're still able to, at least as of now, go out for, for runs or bikes or whatever. And, and so, so yeah, that's been my early evening, late afternoon, getting on a bike ride and, and, and going out has been, you know, before any of this crisis, that was 
you know, that, that has been like one of my rocks of just like mental stability and clearing my mind. And, you know, now it's like even more important than ever. And I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how, how much better I feel after, you know, after like a good strenuous workout exercise important all, you know, always, but, uh, but now I think, you know, more than ever curious for kind of context. So I know you've had uh, a really storied and, and diverse and accomplished career you know, have dealt with, I know, a lot of crises, stressful situations. Can you maybe talk about what some of those, what some crises that you have, you know, been a part of or had to manage particularly challenging situations from from your past? Yeah, that you've, you know, had to and, and was able to successfully go through. So I want to talk about one where I actually came, where I stumbled and saying, I think there's a good lesson there. So when I was drafted into the special forces when I was 18, I was drafted into the most elite unit, basically our, the Israeli equivalent of Delta Force or the SAS or SEAL Team 6, if that's what you know. Um, and the training there is extremely rigorous. And there's a part of the training that's called Advanced Unit Boot Camp, which is basically eight weeks of Hell Week. They just try to put you in a chaotic mode where everything's a crisis. Like, there's no food, you have to, to, to hike up hills, you have to attack targets on hills. You're just dealing with the ultimate state of stress and they try to induce in you fatigue, panic, and weakness. And my story was that towards the end of advanced unit boot camp, we went out on a very long run and they just basically said, get your gear on, we're running. Nobody knows how long, when it'll stop, where we're going, whatever it may be. At some point, my officer came to me and he's like, Edomar, are you all right? And I had always struggled with the runs. I just wasn't a good runner. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, do you want to take a seat on the truck for a second and take a rest? And I was like, yeah, I can, I, I can take a rest for a second. The moment I did that, I went on a truck to take a seat. I got kicked out of the unit. It was just that simple manner of me not being focused and not being prepared to face these kind of situations during my personal crisis that I got kicked out of the unit. And that's why I say that sounds like you will not rise to the occasion. You will fall to your lowest level of training. At that moment, I had never trained my mind for that situation for like, oh, I'm going to feel frazzled. I'm going to feel tired. And someone's going to like bait me a bit to see if I'm weak. And that's exactly what happened. He exposed a weakness in my mind that I had to pay for because I hadn't prepared. And I think that's the main thing. I've seen that in crisis in so many different variants, whether it's been entire teams, whether it was with the billionaire that I was the chief of security as when there was a threat, people who hadn't thought about these situations before and didn't do the kind of legwork, but in their head, just a prep work, they did not succeed. Like we're not all that clever that we can think of things on the fly. The more you prepare, the more you will win. Mm. I think it really is just that simple. Yeah. I like that. More that you can prepare, the more that you can win. I mean, that's a really compelling story. And I remember when I first heard you tell it, the greatest lessons are often the, the hardest ones. And, you know, we learn more from our failures a lot of times than our successes. And so understanding that story and, you know, how that's impacted you on your journey and, you know, how you've been able to take that and then use that as like a slingshot to build to the place now where you're, you know, helping others to manage through, you know, their version of different crises. I mean, I know you've been doing um, a lot of work helping executives and entrepreneurs, you know, prepare for and mitigate crisis. And what are some of the things you're doing now? I know you recently launched a program. If you could share about some of the stuff you're doing now to support entrepreneurs through this super crazy time. 
So I do have the one-on-one mentoring program where honestly what's going on most of the time right now is yes, we bang out people's contingency plans so they feel secure, they have a sense of like what to do if this happens. But more importantly, what I'm going over with the guys is their leadership. People struggle during these times, their employees, their teams, their customers, everyone. And this is where leadership is crucial. Like leadership is a, it is a nice to have, like all you need sometimes is management when things are going well, but like now you need leadership. And that's what I've really been working on people, how to lead their employees so their employees feel calm, they feel focused, and they're like, oh my God, I have a leader here that I can follow and we will win. And on top of that, there's also the group masterminds that I'm holding, I'm hosting with my buddy, Chris Reynolds, where we're helping a lot of very talented entrepreneurs to basically see this crisis as an opportunity to, again, to excel and to win. There you go. Well, Itamar, that has been, uh, I mean, uh, really just honestly appreciate a lot of the stuff that you're doing and the help that you're providing to entrepreneurs during these crazy times. One question that we like to ask our guests as we wrap up is, what is your number one best piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's in this crazy, crazy world situation now? Recognize it for the opportunity. Again, like I do believe that the people who can stay calm are the people who are going to win. And the easiest way to stay calm is to not be so afraid of loss. And when you start thinking about, oh, this is hard for me, this is challenging times for my team and my company, your thought process will get followed. But once you can phrase that in a way where you're like, this is challenging times for everyone, everyone is gonna be a bit frazzled and a bit confused. So this is an opportunity for me, you're going to win. The more you focus in on the fact that everybody around you is struggling and times are hard, the more you can take up the challenge of, you know what, because times are hard, I'm going to make decisions that I'm going to be proud of. I'm not going to make decisions based on how I feel, but I'm going to make decisions based on how I'll look back at them in five years from now. Will I be proud of them? Will I be proud of how I led my team, how I led my people, how I led my company? I think the more you think about that, the easier it's going to be for you to stay calm, get focused, and win. There you go. I think in these times, that's really the name of the game. Stay calm, stay focused. Itamar, uh, thank you so much for joining us. For those that are interested in finding out more information about you, coaching, or any of the different programs that you're running now, uh, what is the best way for people to get in touch? Um, they can go to MaraniConsulting.com. They can find all my socials there. And they can also go to MaraniConsulting.com slash e-commerce. And I have up a PDF of a contingency planner guide, how you can make your own fundamental contingency plans including the, all of what we talked about, the triggers, figuring out what's of high impact, low impact, high probability, and all that good stuff. So you can feel a bit more secure of what's going to break and what you're going to do about it inside your business. All right. Well, Itamar, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate the time and also the, the lot of work that you're doing to try to help others make it through this. Thank you, Nate. You too. This has been the Ecom Exits Podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So, catch you next time.